Welcome to a little less of a hot mess, off-the-couch conversations with a therapist, me, Caitlin Soule. I am an author, a speaker, a coach, and a mom to three kiddos. I'm also a therapist, as said in the title. I'm on a mission to help modern women turn towards their own imperfect growth and evolution by rewriting their narrative, restoring their sense of authentic self, and reclaiming their best way forward. I do this in this podcast through sharing conversations with leading people in the field of psychology and mental health who have things to teach us or important conversations to share with us. In between those conversations, I will host mini coaching sessions where I talk about different topics that are important to you, things like motherhood, anxiety, wellness, mental health, relationships, whatever, it's all on the table. And in those coaching sessions, my hope is to elevate you, to teach you some tools that you can implement into your daily life right away. Thanks for being here. Cheers. Hey, hey, this week I am coming in hot with an episode on the topic of divorce. This is something that I haven't covered yet in this podcast, and I couldn't be more honored to have been able to have this conversation with Lucinda Testo. Lucinda Testo is a psychotherapist turned life coach for divorced moms. She's transitioned to life coaching after more than 17 years in the mental health field so that she could help moms across the globe to define their new identity and reclaim their awesomeness after divorce. I think that's so cool. Reclaim their awesomeness after divorce. Lucinda understands the tornado of emotions that can make it difficult to move on and rebuild. So she's made it her life's mission to teach the woman she coaches everything she knows so that they can build their own kick-ass lives post-divorce. So I, as you'll hear in this conversation, learned so much from Lucinda, having not been through divorce myself, but you know, obviously knowing that 50% of relationships or more end in divorce. And so I don't know what could be a more important topic for women, and I think definitely for us to understand some of the unique challenges that women who are divorced go through and that their families and kids go through, as well as the freedom that can come from it and the beautiful things that are on the other side of healing. I love that Lucinda points out that this is very much a work in progress, and um, she shares so much of her own personal story with divorce, and her children were very young when she got divorced, and how she sort of muddled through all the different emotions and came out the other side now as a very different person. And so I think that um, when we hear from people who have different perspectives on things or have a different life experiences, whether it's something that we can personally relate to or not, we only get better. We only get Um, Or we only grow in our capacity to understand and to have empathy and just to evolve. And that's the whole point of this podcast, right, is to help us grow and evolve in ways that are maybe um, that we haven't allowed ourselves to in a long time. Or we've been so kind of deep in it with kids and life that we forgot that we are a whole person and that we too deserve to go on this growth and evolution journey alongside our children. So I'll get off my soapbox here and I'll let you listen to this beautiful conversation with Lucinda Testo. Okay, so I've already um, introduced you, Lucinda, to the audience of the podcast. And this is so fun because we're getting to do this in a little bit of a different way. You and I were just chatting. I, I typically just do audio recording for podcasts, but today I wanted to do video so we can just kind of 
feel like, you know, a little bit more natural about actually just chatting um, and share this video with people. So Lucinda and I met in a networking kind of professional development group um, about, let's see, a few months ago now. And I just fell in love with the work that she's doing and thought she'd be a really great guest to have on the podcast. So Lucinda, why don't you go ahead and jump in and introduce yourself? Thank you, Caitlin. Uh, my name is Lucinda Testo, and I have been a psychotherapist for more than 17 years. And a couple of years ago, I realized that I really loved working with divorced women and moms in my practice. I've also been divorced myself. And from that, I realized that I kind of got women to this point where then they were really kind of done with therapy, but not done with kind of creating their kick-ass life after divorce. And I was like, Ooh, I'd really like to do that too. Mm -hmm. So I decided to open up a second business and now I coach women and moms to kind of define their new identity and reclaim their awesomeness after divorce. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. So it's like this idea of not just helping them heal and get through the divorce, but also how to rebuild and reclaim after the divorce. Right. hundred percent. Yep. And so from your experience, personal experience or your clinical experience, what are some of the barriers or what are some of the, the myths, the things that people tell you about life after divorce that, that hold people back from actually doing that work of, of rebuilding? Well, I know from my own personal experience, I had a really tough time with losing the, the happily ever after, mm-hmm. right? Nobody ends up getting married thinking that someday it'll end in divorce, And so when divorce is kind of on the horizon, all sorts of stuff comes up. So for me, it was, you know, this isn't how my life was supposed to turn out. I didn't want my kids coming from a broken home. My parents have been married for more than 50 years. No one in my family had ever been divorced at that point. And so there was just all sorts of yucky feelings, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, embarrassment, unhappiness, all of it. And, but it got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I was 32 at the, at the time I was like, I would still have a shot at happiness. Like, do I really want, I could make this work, but is that really what I want? Is this, is this the model of a marriage that I want my kids to see? And the answer was a big fat no. Yeah. And so as scary as it was, I will say to this date, probably like the hardest decision I ever made was choosing to get divorced, but it's also been the best decision I ever made. Wow. That's incredible. The life that I have created now is way better than I could have ever imagined. And if I didn't kind of take that leap of faith, I never would have known. You never would have known. Absolutely. I love that sentiment of like, and I, 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 I read Glennon Doyle's book Untamed and she talked Ooh, about having it. that do like, yeah, mm-hmm. that moment of when she was deciding, I guess in a way deciding whether or not she wanted to pursue divorce, she thought to herself, is this, she didn't want to do it for the kids essentially. And then she said, but wait a minute, if I wouldn't want this marriage or this kind of love story for my child, my daughter, my son, what, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I, why am I still in it? And I thought that was so powerful. So often we think, and I'm sure you see this all the time, women think they're staying in it for their kids and really it's hurting their children, right? To see a model of an unhealthy relationship or unhappy relationship, even if it looks healthy on the outside, 
uh, we all know that like happy parents, you know, sometimes make for happy children, right? But if, um, I don't know, I just think so often we think we're hiding stuff from our children, but really they know, they can see it, they can sense it. I've come across so many people whose parents stayed together for the kids. And then once they kind of went off to college or moved out of the house, then the parents got divorced. And I've had a handful of people tell me like, I wish my parents got a divorce because they were so miserable. The household was always tense and it really was kind of like a, a, a toxic environment. And so you know, I really do think it's a myth of staying to together for the kids is the best. Right. It's an option. It's not, it doesn't, it's not always the best option. Right. And some people are able to, if you really have that, and I don't know your thoughts on this, I'd love to hear them, but if you really have that strong of a co-parenting relationship that you're like, we need to stay together for the kids because we're really great parents together. You can still do that divorce and still live your life. Right. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, but I have seen, especially recently, a lot of people talking about um, choosing to co-parent and stay together in that way, but just not be married anymore. And so I'm sure that's a little idealistic, but I think that this idea of staying together for the kids really only makes sense if, if, if it's two happy parents who are able to like give, right? And so right. as we know, as therapists, when one person in the, in the couple is unhappy or not doing well, then the whole unit really isn't doing well. Right. Yeah. I mean, if there are people out there that are able to maintain that type of relationship, like kudos to them. But I feel like both um, parents would really have to be on like the same exact page and the same exact place of like, we love each other, but you know, we're better off apart, but let's stay together and co-parent have our lives (laughs) on the side. I mean, if, I mean, I don't know of anyone personally that's ever made that work. Could it work? Maybe. Yeah. It's probably pretty idealistic at first, and then it, it tends to like not work in that way, right? So tell us, if you don't mind, can you tell, tell me and the listeners a little bit about your story of how you came to that moment of for yourself um, and what that sort of undoing was like and then how the rebuild went? Sure. So um, unfortunately, I'd say probably pretty soon into my marriage, um, I knew it probably wasn't the marriage that I was going to have for the rest of my life. Um, but having parents that have been married for so long, I was like, yeah, I, I could totally make this work. Right. Yeah. But then the whole marriage kind of felt like work. I was like making it work. And it was always so hard and so hard and so hard. And through a, a series of different events, it got to the point where I'm like, you know what? Like, I can't do this. Like, this is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And this is not, like I said earlier, this is not the, the type of marriage that I want my kids to emulate. And so um, I will say my kids were super young when I made this decision, which is part of what made it so hard. Um, my son had just turned four and my daughter was eight months old. Mm, that's a really hard ages. Yeah. And so, you know, I was worried about finances, like where would we live? Like, how would this, you know, how would it work? And I don't know. One day I woke up and I almost had this sense of calm that like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Your kids are going to be fine. Like you need to, you just need to do this. And so I told my now ex-husband, you've got two weeks to pack your stuff and, and go. And I have to tell you the months leading up to make that decision were a hundred times worse than the decision itself. Because once I made the decision, 
it was like 10,000 pounds had been lifted off my shoulders. I'm even getting goosebumps as I'm talking. I am too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just like, uh, like I, I did it. Like I made the hard decision and I'm like trusting in the universe that things are going to work themselves out. And, um, and you know what, like as hard as it was being a single mom to two really small kids and it was really hard, like really, really hard. I would have chosen that a million times over staying in an unhappy marriage. Yes. 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 So, so for people listening, like, I just want to say that again, is that you chose to leave an unhappy marriage that wasn't right for you and your family at probably one of the hardest times of, you know, of motherhood, that early season of motherhood, when you're just like literally in the trenches of naps and yes, it's beautiful. And it's, it's all those things, but it's also really hard. And so when I hear you say that, I just think like, I have goosebumps because I too have young kids and I'm like, just brave. That's just so brave. And it just goes to show of um, how powerful it is when we listen to ourselves and my whole thing is, you know, teaching women to say yes to themselves. And that is one big, yes, one big, really hard. Yes. But Mm -hmm. so inspirational. Yeah. So what happened after those two weeks? (laughs) So a lot, (laughs) he moved out. And like I said, it was almost like this, almost like the sense of like common peace of like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be okay. Not that it was easy because it wasn't, but I did a lot of the childcare and a lot of the running around and a lot of the, you know, fixing meals and all that other stuff myself anyway. Mm-hmm. But now I just didn't have someone to silently resent about it anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I had to do it because I had to do it. There was no one else that could kind of step up and help out. Yeah. And even that in and of itself was pretty empowering. And I remember the time of year when all of this happened was, was in November. And I remember contemplating like, oh, it's like, do I just wait through the holidays? My daughter's like, this is going to be her first Christmas. Like, mm. what am I going to do on the Christmas cards? Like, how is that going to work? And <laughs> do all the stuff, stuff yeah. like that, right? Like who cares about the Christmas card? But that's us as moms, we think of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, if I just send it out for me and the two kids, like people are going to know. And I wasn't ready for people to know yet. So yeah. it was, and it was a pretty depressing Christmas. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, I remember on like Christmas Eve, like getting all the kids, you know, stuff wrapped and their stockings filled and all that other stuff and just like crying because I'm like, this is not how my life was supposed to turn out. Especially coming from what I heard you say earlier was that you came from a a family with parents stayed together or your parents are still together, stayed together. And so um, it's so much resistance or like kind of like so much of when I hear you say this wasn't how it was supposed to be, right? It's going back on those old, those narratives, those beliefs that we hold. Yeah, I feel that. That's it's really hard. hard. Mm-hmm. And even like, I remember walking around, um, my parents had taken my kids and me to, to Disney that following year. And I mm-hmm. remember walking around the Disney parks and looking around at all the happy families. Mm-hmm. And it would like bite me in the stomach of just like, that's what I was supposed to have. And like, here I am, like my parents are like, taking yeah. me to Disney, me and the yeah. kids to Disney, because I don't have a family like that to go with anymore. And just like really feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, I find is probably so, so, so common with so the common. women that I coach. And, you know, I think all of that is normal. It's when you get stuck there and you can't Thank move you. forward. Yeah. That is when 
that's when coach Lucinda steps in. Heck and yes. Yeah. Really helps people kind of break out of that. Yeah. Okay. So two questions. When do you know that it's been too long? Like, I know that's like, people are like, how it's like asking how long is a normal time to grieve, right? I don't think that that's a question that's easy to answer. Right. But how, how do you know if you're stuck for too long? How would you help people define that? I think you just get like sick of feeling sick and tired. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you just, I love you know, that. you have to feel the feelings, right? You're a therapist, you know, yeah. you have to feel the feelings. You can't just repress them, but it's like and a lot of people do that too, right? They jump to the next thing or they're like keep staying busy with work. They're doing things to try and just like avoid yeah. and numb the feelings. So you have uh, to feel It's going to creep back up. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you have to deal with the feelings first. And so I would never tell anyone like, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and like, let's create this great life. It's like, what? No, you a have therapist, to... you would never say that. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. Um, yeah. Like that's like anti what we've been, what helps people. But yes, as a coach, you can, you can help people learn to feel and deal and move. Right. Yeah. Well, it's the and part. So yeah. Yes, this is really hard. Yes, it's unfair. Yes, it's not how you saw your life turning out. And there is more to your life than your divorce, right? Your divorce does not define you. It's a piece of you. And then how do you take the lessons, right? Sometimes the biggest lessons are from the biggest hurts. Mm. How do you take the lessons and then create something amazing? Yeah. And so I think a lot of people just don't know really how to do that. And so yeah. they're, they're just stuck. Absolutely. So tell us, how did you do that? And then how do you help now people do that in their own lives? You know, it ended up being really empowering for me that I was like, I'm the single mom. I was working full time. I had to plan my day like just right to make sure we left at a certain time to drop my daughter off where she needed to go, my son off where he needed to go, get to work on time, get out of work on time to pick this one up and then that one up and then figure out dinner and baths and homework and everything else. I mean, it was, it was exhausting, but I was doing it. You know, we kind of got into a rhythm and I was like, all right, you know, I got this, I got this, I got this. And I think just like, you know, like I, I can do this and I'm okay. Like I'm raising each day. You're like, Oh, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm raising like these two like amazing little human beings, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's all sorts of stuff we would put into, you know, we would have family dance parties, right? Music, I think is so powerful and therapeutic. If I couldn't get the kids moving in the morning, like let's turn on an upbeat dance song and then we're going to dance while we get ready. Yeah. Like who's not in a good mood when you dance? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so I think just with each day that went by, it was just like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I'm doing fine. My kids are turning out fine. And it was just kind of like, oh, like my kids are turning out fine. Mm -hmm. I'm doing fine. My kids are turning out fine. Like this is fine. Dispelling all the myths, right? All the things Mm -hmm. that you were afraid would happen. Yeah. And so while I still had that, it's not fair. I have to tell you, in the year after from when I had my ex move out for the entire year after five of my closest friends got married. Mm, well, that that lovely. <laughs> and so I had to sit there solo. So at many weddings. Oh my gosh. Right. And I was, it would like, it would kill me. Yeah. And you're young. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt at any time, but 
um, being in that the thirties, right. Of when, yes, so many people are partnered. It's really hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now here I am with kids and everybody else is like just getting married to skipping off into the sunset, living there happily ever after. (laughs) And so I don't know. I think it was just a decision of, I've got this, like, I'm going to be okay. I liked my job. I'm lucky that I had very supportive friends and family. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I had to really I hate asking for help, yeah, don't we <laughs> but all, I had right? to really get over myself because as a single mom, you need help. Mm, yes. If you and don't ask for it. You're not going to get good. it. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of that, that's, I assume that's part of what you help single moms recognize is that they need to ask for help and accept the help where they can get it so that they can have some time. This is the part maybe we can move into so they can have some time to focus on themselves and whatever that looks like, right? Rebuild um, and reclaim. So, so, so with you, it started with that sense of, gosh, I can do this. I'm actually, I'm doing this. And Mm -hmm. so dispelling those myths or like kind of, you know, in, in those things that were holding you back and recognizing your own strengths. And then from their rebuilding, is that what you would say? Or that was part of the rebuilding, obviously. Yeah, I think that was kind of like a step in the rebuilding process. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it's kind of the, you know, what I what I put in my my coaching program is like getting to know and love yourself again. Yes. Right. Yeah, maybe so like you were your a wife program. for so long. Yeah. You know, a wife and then a mom and a couple friends and the mom and dad at like the sporting event, you know, my son was four at the time, but you know, at like the, the soccer clinics and stuff right. like that. And now all of a sudden, all of that stripped away. And my identity was like, I'm a full-time worker and a full-time single mom. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, so then I just lost half of those things. That were right. And so it's like, yeah. well, who, who, like, what do I even like to do? Like, what do I want to do with my life? Now all of my friends are coupled up and married and now I'm single. So like, like now what do I do for fun. Yeah. Now what do I do? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our parenting arrangement was such that I had my kids all but every other weekend. Okay. And wow. so to have two small kids all the time, day in, day out, and then just get like a Saturday and Sunday every other weekend off was a lot. And so a lot. Yeah. When they did go with my ex-husband, it was really like the best two days. (laughs) Good. Yeah. You're like, I earned these two days. Yeah. Like most times I wouldn't even turn the TV on. It was just like, I just kind of like sat in silence. I could go out or I could not go out. I could order in or I could eat cereal for dinner. Um, you know, it just, like I could just be those four days a month were probably my sanity. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I could, oh, I mean, even just a couple hours that the kids are at school and like the house is quiet. And like, if I can work from home these days, I do choose to, because I just have that extra like minute of quietness in the house, you know? Totally. Oh totally. man. So tell us, um, tell us about your coaching program. I'm so interested. I know um, we've talked about it a little bit, but we talked about your process and then how it inspired you to create this process for other women. So tell us about that. Yeah. So I pretty much kind of took the steps that I took to, so my coaching method is called the move on method. So Mm -hmm. it's an acronym and I pretty much took the steps that I used, right? So 
some of my clinical experience coupled with my personal experience and created, I call it the move on method. Mm-hmm. And it's really helping that. women get from the place of managing the muck and mastering their mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of mindset work of like, yes, this happened. Yes, this was sad. Yes, your feelings were valid. And now what? Right. Yeah. So it's kind of shifting it from what was to like, what, what do you want to happen now? Yeah. Like, what do you want to create in life? What do you want your life to look like? How do you want to feel? Right. That's like a big question, especially because what you were saying before is like, you don't know. You're all of a sudden like, wow, I don't know. And maybe you've never even thought about it again since like, mm-hmm. right. You, you met this person, you decided to get married. It's like maybe the first time in years that you actually are asking yourself these questions. Yeah. So that's, so that's the process. Yeah. Yep, it's the <laughs> mindset work. It's getting to know yourself again. And it's really figuring out like, what are my likes? Who do I like to like share my time with? What kinds of activities do I enjoy doing? And believe it or not, like lots, lots of women don't even, don't even know. Oh, that's you what know? I was saying. Like, really, I, it's like, I could see that. I, I don't, they don't know who they are, what they like, what they need. Yeah. And they don't prioritize themselves because they're a mom first. Mm-hmm. Got to take care of my kids. Got to make sure my kids are okay. Got to make sure I'm, you know, making the money. And, and so they end, up, mm-hmm. yeah, they end up putting themselves last, which, right, the first thing we need to do is kind of change that hierarchy. Because if you're not your best self, you're not going to be your best mom or your best employee or the best anything. The best anything, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's really helping women to get to know and love themselves, prioritizing their, their self-care. I kind of hate the word self-care, me but, too, but I haven't come up with a better me, one. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Let I, me know. I will. I will. <laughs> and then it's like, as we kind of go along, right? Like ideas start flowing and then it's like, all right, like, so what do you want to create for yourself? Some right. women want to change cre- careers. Some women decide they never want to date again. Some women decide they do want to date again. Mm-hmm. It's finding a network of support. The Facebook group um, that I created, the Divorce Mom Sisterhood, is for divorced moms to come together. It's a group that I wish I had when I was going through yeah. divorce because it's pretty freaking lonely Yeah, out there. So you have the free Facebook group, which is called the Divorce Sisterhood. Um, so people can find you on that. I think, honestly... Some of the best programs are created from people's own experience, whether it be a coaching program or a workshop or just when people write a book from personal experience. So you've been able to pair your clinical expertise and your personal experience to create something that you're super passionate about. Mm -hmm. And it honestly doesn't get better than that when it comes to your ability to help people. Because like, if I'm going to learn something new or try something new, I want to be learning from somebody who's been through it or understands it really well. So I think that's so cool. Well, I think that's what makes us unique as clinically trained coaches is because we do have that clinical background. We did all the schooling, all the hours, you know, to get licensed and all that other stuff. So we have that really solid clinical foundation. And then when you couple the personal experience, like you said, it's just... It's powerful. Yeah. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So I've loved talking with you so much and hearing this. And like I said, this is not something that we've got to, we've gotten to talk about a lot on the podcast. And so I know there's so many women who are going to be like, yes, 
you know, sign me up. So where can people find you and um, get in touch with you if they're wanting to join the group or do some one-on-one coaching with you? So uh, my website is just www.lucindatesto.com. I've got a freebie on there that is six ways to start moving the F on after divorce. Love it. I'm Gotta about get a to good stick a swear word in there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, a big fan. I'm actually about to add a quiz also on my website. So you can check that out. And then I have a work with me page. I do the one-on-one coaching and coaching packages. And I'm currently working on a group coaching program, which I'm super excited about. Yes. I am hoping to have launched by the end of the year because while I absolutely love the one-on-one stuff, especially when it comes to divorced women and divorced moms, like it's nice to have that camaraderie yes. and that support and that, that, you know, the feelings of, geez, I'm not alone in this. And I can so only imagine. I yeah. can't wait to um, roll that out. And, you know, um, just thinking in motherhood in general to feel not alone. And then in that um, group of people who are going through a door- divorce or have been divorced and are doing everything on their own, like, yeah. So I love the sisterhood. I think that's mm-hmm. so cool. Okay. Yep. So Facebook, um, lucindatesto.com. Are yep. you on Instagram? I'm on Instagram. So it's coach underscore lucinda underscore testo. Okay, cool. I'll put all this in the show notes, everyone. Um, and um, on YouTube, I'll put it in the notes as well um, when I upload it. So Thank you so much for being on. You guys can check her out, lucindatesto.com. And Lucinda, thank you so much. It was wonderful to have you. Thank you, Caitlin. Bye. Bye. Thanks for choosing to listen to this week's podcast episode and for supporting A Little Less Hot Mess. One way you could really support the ongoing production of this podcast is by going to iTunes, subscribing to the podcast if you haven't already, and leaving me a five-star review and uh, share what you like about the podcast. Another thing I wanted to point out, if you're interested in dipping your toes in the water of personal growth but aren't quite sure where to start, I've got just the thing for you. I created a free Facebook group called A Little Less Hot Mess, a personal growth group for modern moms. It's a place that I share resources that I think will be helpful and we get to be in conversation with like-minded women and moms around the struggles and all the real stuff that comes with being a modern woman. So check it out and you can also pre-order my book, which is called A Little Less Hot Mess, The Modern Mom's Guide to Growth and Evolution on Amazon now. Lots of things coming your way. I hope you have a beautiful week. Cheers.